Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Three Ravens. We got what we were looking for last night, a lot of closure, and one step closer to the big battle. Maybe the biggest battle that's ever been on TV. We're going to find that out next week, but I'm joined by some co-hosts today. So I've got Brooke Lancaster here. I've got Josh Kramer here. How did you guys feel after last night's episode? I feel good. I know a lot of people are upset about it, but I mean, I like to see all these story arcs kind of come together. So, I mean, we've invested so much time into all these characters, so it's kind of cool to see it all come together. Yeah. I'm in e- I'm in emotional turmoil right now. Like, I'm so <laughs> excited, but I feel like it's the high before we all die. Right. So, like <laughs> Well, I think that was pretty clear that that they they wanted to make everybody. It was I saw somebody describe it as it was the writer's hug before everybody goes and dies, right? right. So I mean, it was kind of that that tidying up. But we also felt a lot. I just checked Twitter before I sat down, and I saw somebody say, "I'm underwhelmed with Game of Thrones again." And I, you know, we've got one of those people who kind of feels that way with us today. So we've got a guest host and Chris Marlowe. Thanks for coming in. Tell us what what you were feeling and why you felt underwhelmed. So I'm a Game of Thrones traditionalist. I think back to the Red Wedding. I think back to when Ned got his head chopped off. Closure isn't a Game of Thrones thing. (laughs) (laughs) They kill people without, you know, reservation. All these story arcs that are getting neatly tied up, that just, it's not my Game of Thrones. It's the the newer, happier feeling Game of Thrones. Interesting. So, so you know the idea that that Arya and Gendry have their closure and Jamie and Brienne have their closure you could have just said ah eh, we don't need any of that because let's just get down to the battle let's fight let's let's move on with the story let's not rehash old things <laughs> well i think the criticism would come from everybody saying there were so many loose ends where we saw the battle but what about why did we waste so much time on these stories if we didn't get answers there's no loose ends when they're all laying dead in the field after the battle of <laughs> fell. yeah but this is also going to tie in george's you know view and his story which isn't game of thrones it's a song of ice and fire and like the whole you know the artistic design behind that is a song of ice and fire like songs and their artistic design have introductions and stories you know preludes they they build up and then they conclude like songs just don't stop kramer i mean marlo sorry (laughs) i just feel your your melancholy (laughs) is just i'm just kidding i just remember the, the the first time i read the book or the first time i saw the episode where it wasn't a nice closure it was an abrupt stop and that's Those are the chapters, those are the, the episodes you remember. Yeah. That stick with you, that, that make an impact, that make Game of Thrones how great it is. Yeah. I just felt like last night didn't stick to that vein. But the difference is, like, all those storylines you're talking about, like, they eventually, like, led into other storylines. Like, I mean, they're not all this stuff with, like you said, Gendry and Arya and uh, Jamie and Brienne. Like, their stories aren't going to go anywhere else, so they might as well just wrap them up for fan sake, you know. Well, and certainly like like Grey Worm, <laughs> I think we can get to that much later in the show, but like Grey Worm talking to Masande about like, what do you want? What are your hopes? What are your dreams? Do you want to die in a place like this? No. Well, then I'm going to give yeah. that happy ending to you. Um, we know he's dead. He's right? gone. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we got some closure on a lot of those things like, oh, cool. Now we're done with Grey Worm. He's just going to die on the battlefield. Yeah. I don't know about that one. So what? Grey, so Grey Worm's whole overarch has always been that he's getting his queen the throne, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Getting her goal. The Battle of Winterfell is not going to determine who sits on the Iron Throne. And I think that's Grey Worm's overarching story there is is getting Danny on the throne. Right. Yeah. I could agree with you there. Yeah. Okay. Now, Missandre might have an unfortunate end next week. Yeah. To cause a little tragedy in that couple, but yeah, I somehow, think Grey Worm's sticking that's around. That's fair. Somebody, somebody in that couple is for sure going down, right? I yeah. wouldn't yeah. bet against it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And she, and she doesn't bring much to our table, so no, I, she really I, I'd be. I mean, Not I mean, if I had to choose, I candy. I sh- yeah. yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> so now you have Arya, though. Yeah. I mean, apparently, we got. I didn't feel. I didn't, I didn't feel so good about that Awkward. personally. I, <laughs> I, when I saw Arya stripping down, I was just like, "Oh my gosh, how old is she? Should I be turning my eyes? This is ridiculous." It's like you you cheered for Arya and Gendry like the whole time. Like yeah. you, know, you always wanted them to end up together, and then you finally watch it happen on screen, and it's like, uh, yeah. I still feel like she's twelve. <laughs> right. I'm not sure if it was just a meme I saw, if it was an actual data, but the chart I saw was a spike in 
Macy Williams' age. Uh. Google. <laughs> and like right after no the doubt. scene. Is, that she's too. like 21, 22, I think. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah absolutely. But it's still she's you, legal. It's <laughs> Aria and you still think of young Aria. Right. Yeah. Meanwhile, like in the books, of course, like Danny wasn't of of age, right? When she was like 14 yeah, when, disgusting they, her yeah. when they gave yeah. her to call. Yeah, so um, we're going to go through the timeline. We have a lot of stuff to get through tonight, so we're going to kind of spitball this like we did last week where I'm just going to walk through the timeline. Feel free to stop me at anything you want to flesh out and talk a little bit more about. Uh, first of all, I want to talk again about that opening sequence. So I think it's pretty clear now that that is from the eyes of the Night King because the path that it's following, it's like we're not we're not seeing the things that we don't have to see anymore. It's It's basically where the Night King is and what he's conquering, right? Yeah. And now it makes me really paranoid and I totally overread it every time I yeah. watch it. <laughs> right. Yeah, more tiles are being flipped. Yeah, I thought it was really weird how they like still included like Last Hearth in the intro, even though like we never in King's Landing and we yeah. never went there in the episode once. So it was, yeah. it was weird. But and, now it's his path. Yeah. Right. So Jamie and Danny right away. So we see Jamie in front of the council. Danny's got him up there, and she is basically talking about. I've heard a story about King Slayer, and or I guess King Killer, as he is sometimes called too. But um, so she's got him in front of the council, and she is reading him the Riot Act. What did you feel about that? I felt bad for him, <laughs> even though we all know what he did. But we know his backstory. We know that's not him anymore. Yeah, right. we know he's already. We know who himself, he's come. But... Yeah. I, yeah, I just felt I felt bad for him, and I was just waiting, you know, for who was going to stick up for him. And Brienne came through. Yeah, well, it, but before then, we had Sansa also giving yeah. him some heck too, right? That um, is true. Um, <laughs> and then we had Bran with the awesome one-liner. John Morgan, our guest host last week, was all about Bran and his his humor, and he says, "Oh, the things we do for love." Uh, but he yeah. just he just got to make sure that Jamie's aware of him, but he's also not going to rat on him and say that he's the one that threw him out the yeah. window. That was Brand's like first mic drop of the episode. That's pretty or awesome one liner. He's been electric with those all <laughs> yeah. season. I love it. So then Brienne, she does step forward and she vouches for Jamie, and that changes everything because Sansa has is is on board then, and of course John is. Well, he's willing to give anybody a second chance. He doesn't care. He was a little distracted during that, too. So, <laughs> yeah. His mind isn't in the game. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, meanwhile, Brooke's favorite character, Danny, who is the all-powerful, she gets overruled on a vote because apparently she's now allowing democracy into Winterfell. So she lets Sansa vote. She lets John vote. And then she reluctantly has to say, okay. Well, not to mention... Uh, Tyrion. Tyrion. Yeah. She's trying to find this happy medium between, you know, when she burned and the Tarleys alive and Tyrion's like, you know, that's too much. So now she kind of has to back down a little she's bit. She's pretty weak. Was it a vote or was it her asking her advisors for their input? Oh, well. Ben just likes to tell me she's weak because he likes to provoke me. <laughs> <laughs> I, a I little bit. that theme in the last couple of episodes. Yeah. So, yeah a little sense. bit. I just, I'm having troubles with the Danny character right now because we were just, we spent a couple seasons going down this road of obviously she is intimidating and going to conquest everything. Now I just feel like, oh, it's slipping away so quickly right in front of your eyes. Sorry. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the sadness. Okay, so so Jamie gets to stay and uh, then as soon as she gives in, Danny is ready to turn to her man, John, and John gives her the cold shoulder and walks away, which fits into that narrative I predicted last week, which is how is how is she going to find out that uh, John's her nephew? It's by John giving her the cold shoulder, and she's just like, who is my friend here? It's like this poor dating game. Right. Like, it's terrible. <laughs> playing games with her heart. But if we talk about dating games, the next scene goes to Arya and Gendry. Let's talk all about that. Their, and their visit to Bone Town. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that scene was just so funny because, like, I mean, Gendry was just working over hot metal and fire, and there's, like, steam washing up, and Arya's just, like, creeping on him so hard. I was like, oh, God. But I felt Keep like, in your pants, yeah. Arya. I felt like this was one of the first episodes where I looked at her, and I was like, she's really pretty. Like, you know, they never really portray her as a woman, and now she's really grown, and she's just flexing the whole episode, all these skills that she has. And then he's like, dang. I think that's a great point. Josh, you kind of talk about how Gendry's sitting there and he's just pounding away on, on blades and just dripping sweat and Arya's giving him the eyes. And mm -hmm. then 
Arya flips those three knives into the yeah. wall, and Gendry's like, oh, okay, yeah. you're not the same Ari I remember. Yeah, Gendry got a little excited there, too. His mating call is working. <laughs> so that that is obviously foreshadowing what comes. Uh, we called later. that. That that was one point for three ravens. We did call that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. Absolutely. You and everybody else. Well, thanks, well but. we are keeping our own tally. Thank you very much. That's fair. <laughs> and then the next scene, we go out and we see... Bran and Jamie at the tree. Bran is sitting out there with nobody in sight again, pushing him to the tree. So who is moving Bran around Winterfell? He does have use of his arms. So, I mean, it's it's safe to say that he could be, be hard self-sufficient. Snow, though, right? Well, he might have some steps. He might have some snow tires on those. Right? <laughs> some tracks. So Jamie comes out there because he wants to um, have his moment of closure with Bran. And, of course, Bran is like, I don't care. I'm the three-eyed raven. I'm not Brandon Stark. If you wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't be me, and you wouldn't be you. Right. Yeah, I... Very neatly tied up there. Yep. But the the comment that he said at the end to Jamie is like, how do you know there's going to be an afterwards? And that, I mean, I never, like, bought into this whole Bran is the Night King theory and stuff, but, I mean, when he makes, like, comments like that it's just i don't know makes you makes you wonder mm-hmm. yeah but then again he makes that reference later about how the night king is coming for him and i i just don't feel like he would say that yeah I, it was just kind of that was that part was a little odd to me mm-hmm, you sure. know but then there's also you know discussion like what does brand know what he doesn't like shouldn't he know some of this and there's a reference in this episode where he's like i don't know well technically he only knows what he like where he knows to look for these visions because supposedly he wasn't trained as a three-eyed raven i mean correct me if i'm wrong but he only knows where he can look he doesn't know everything so everyone's freaking out like well he should know that well no technically the part he where he, he doesn't know what they're asking Arya looks at him and says well dry, dragon fire work on the night king he's like i don't know no nobody's one's tried, tried. Yep. Yeah. yeah yeah but that's also a historical thing if nobody's tried we really i think bran is is withholding information on the Night King still. I think there's something that Bran knows that none of the characters and none of the viewers know. I think the the backing of the Night King just wanting to have an eternal night is a little too right. yeah. vague at this point. I think there's there's more to his And that was like a huge question. I mean yeah. the, the Night King's motive has like been the rave of what what does he want? Why now? Right. You know, in season one he was coming, you know, we saw some White Walkers marching, but why is he so gung ho now? And then we find out that that was why. So it was kind of like, yeah, it was yeah, the same was, way. Really? Was, why is that? It was that's too it? short just to like end it all you know like yeah. that's why the night king's here just to wipe the memory and world and cause death like yeah there's more to the story yeah for sure yeah i don't know i guess i read it a little differently because i had bought into so many conspiracy theories about bran being not bran and about aria not being aria and i felt like both of them were who i felt like aria was definitely aria not um a faceless man or somebody i mean otherwise somebody wants to get down with gendry that's not aria yeah but I, I felt like we finally got to see them as themselves and when he when he stepped forward with the family brand and, and talked about how he's coming for me and how i'm going to be the one it, it felt like he was a little more present than i was used to right and the Isaac, the character that or the guy that plays Brand, has said that in this in this season he's not going to be as monotone, which we really <laughs> haven't seen until this episode. Yeah, he right. begged to differ. So maybe this is where he's going to maybe start to let up, and we might get to see a little yeah. bit more Brand. So then Tyrion and Jamie get to have a little chat because uh, you're here, and they talked about being duped by Cersei, and then they talked about the baby. And Jamie says the baby is real. Kramer's shaking his head. So, he doesn't know. So so what's going on with the baby? We, we've talked about this before. Uh, she's drinking wine. Uh, Euron says he's going to put a baby in her belly, and she has got a weird look on her face when he says that. She's touching her tummy at different times. What's going on? Is she pregnant? From a medical standpoint, we really don't know unless they had, <laughs> unless they had home pregnancy tests or ultrasounds. Then wow, I, I, think I say they had for sure. Well, so it, since since Jamie and Cersei last had relations in real time, it's been months and months. Like he, Jamie to get up to Winterfell, that that journey takes a, a month, month yeah. yeah, at least. So that in 
in terms of medical sense, I think they would know. And I think she is pregnant. I think it's Jamie's kid. I agree, and I'm going to go back on my point from last week about her using Euron because then Tyrion says she's always been good about using the truth to tell lies. Touche. I know. <laughs> I, I swear. I don't know. Maybe she is pregnant, but there's no way the baby survives. I mean... No. Well, and that right, because prophecy would say right. how many kids she's going to have, but also it could be, uh, could be what kills her still too, right? Yeah, but Jamie pro- could be the one that kills her by giving her a baby, baby that and has complications. And let's not forget how cryptic and interpretive prophecies are. Right. Or it could be the prince that's promised, but I don't think we yeah. have time for that. We've I think has to be a Targaryen bloodline. John and Danny's baby is well, the prince that's promised. I think John's the prince that's promised. We can kind of get into that later. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think so, too. I got some stuff to say uh, about Just that. one last thing about, you know, the baby's not being born. We've already seen it once in the series. Danny's baby... Uh, there were some magical mm. incantations going on there. That, well, we're yeah. going to need some the, more dragon The eggs, baby so. was never really born, so Cersei never would have another child, but we could see something play out with the pregnancy. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Okay, so then uh, we get to see Jamie staring at Brienne because she is out uh, in the field watching Podrick, who's now all of a sudden A just badass. R- rocking it on the sword. And uh, there's our first uh, my bad word. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so so uh, she's out there watching her students, and Jamie is watching in awe. And he comes out, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, he's so good!" And she's like, "Yeah, he's fine," because she's flirting with Jamie. But they don't know how to do that, so all they know how to talk is military. Right. Like, that's it. <laughs> and and that plays out a little bit later when when she's just like, "What is going on? When is the next?" wisecrack going to come from you because you can't be nice to me. This is not right. And they don't know how to communicate with each other. But did you notice how in the scene before that, him and Tyrion are having this really sentimental moment when they're laughing and talking and coming together, like looking at, they're looking over and on top. And all of a sudden, Jamie just like exits and he goes like, and he's looking at something. And in my mind, I'm like, it's Braun coming, yeah. you know, riding in. No, he's staring at Brienne. Yeah, yeah. He likes her, I think. Yes. He doesn't know it yet. Something's but. going on there. I um, think it's more of like a sibling love than an actual like. I don't know. I don't do know. you base that? Do you say that just because her physical you know looks? A, you know aren't... what a sibling love means in this show. Yeah. <laughs> True. Jamie. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean she. So she might not be as stunning in in your eyes as some people. But is that why think you think that, that has anything to do with it? I just think it's. I mean, I think Jamie holds Brienne to like a higher level of respect because oh, okay. of the like honor she has as yeah. a knight or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, I just think he really respects her. I, I just, I don't think it's. So there was this Easter egg when I was going back and rewatching of a conversation between Braun and Jamie, and Jamie says something about some conversation about either how you want to die or something, and uh, where you want to be. And Jamie says, "I want to die in the woman I love's arms." Mm-hmm. And then, Bra- and then Braun says, "Well, does she feel the same?" And he's like, "I don't know." I don't yeah, know. I like of, that foreshadowing. I also like. When Bran stuck up for Jamie in the beginning of the episode, oh, yeah. Yeah. he gave her his, his hand for her and, and defended her. I, I mean, I could see a little a little turn of the tables there. I could see Bran giving her life for him. Yeah, I was just gonna oh, say you that. mean like jumping I mean, in front of a crossbow that Bran is gonna kill Jamie with, and she's like, no, and jumps in front of it like that. I feel or? like it's a lot so, deeper voice. Though. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, I think I think when the the Bran issue is gonna actually be Tyrion because in one of those clips you see Jamie yelling. Braun, and I think that's going to be. I think what he yells Braun. I don't know for sure. I know that's we're getting out. Of, yeah, Sorry. yeah, we're a little out. Of I know sequence. we're getting out of order here, but like maybe that crossbow is going to bring down a dragon. Maybe. Hope not. Well, maybe it's <laughs> the Night King's dragon. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Ice dragon. Viserion. Okay, so next scene we see uh, Jorah vouching for Tyrion because Danny is very upset at the how stupid the hand of the king is, uh, be, hand of the queen, because he doesn't know his own sister, and he's screwed up several times, and Jorah is basically saying he owns his mistakes, he's one of the most brilliant people I know, I've grown to 
like him, trust him, all those kind of things. I feel like they're doing this on purpose, like literally beating down Tyrion's character and mm. his morals and his cleverness for him to just have this amazing comeback right. and this like maybe this battle plan because in the Battle of the Blackwater, it was his plan that came through. Right. And I am going to go and say, like, I feel like they artistically bring around all the different battle plans to come together like for this final battle. I think something's going to stem from that conversation that Bronn and Tyrion started to have, but they don't show it. Um, after they have make their battle plans or whatever, Tyrion asks him asks him about his story and you know, sits down and talks to him about it. And they don't show the scene, but I feel like either next episode is something is going to come from that conversation and that's yes. going to click with Tyrion. And he's be like, "Okay, guys, this is what we have the to fact do." He's a warg. I bet that's going to come out that now he's a warg and a green seer. Right. And Tyrion's smart. He'll know that that he, there's nobody else in the kingdoms that can do that. Right. So I like where you're going with this. Tyrion disobey his queen and and stay on the ramparts instead of going in the crypt like she commanded him to. I mean, if it's to help to turn the tide of the battle, probably. I would say he's definitely uh, not going to follow orders. Tyrion's going to do what Tyrion does. Yeah. We don't know crypts are safe. That's kind of... Yeah, no kidding. They tried to say that like 10 times this episode, and each time I was thinking, this is, <laughs> they are not safe. Doesn't look very safe when we see Arya down there. Or when there. they tell us how many safe. But I think I've said this before, how there was uh, there was a mention of all the different like exits in Winterfell yeah, in right. the crypts and how they were made to be like escaped. I can't mm-hmm. remember exactly the context. But. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Uh, then we get to see Sansa and Danny have their moments. Danny comes into the room and uh, she says, Can we have the room? And Sansa and her make nice. They get to hold hands for a little bit. And then Sansa decides to say, For the North. What about the North? We took this back. We said we would never bow to anyone else, we would never bend the knee. So uh, Danny pulls back uh, because. She understands that this battle and dealing with the Stark family is not as easy as she thought it was going to be. I mean, that that like scene started off so good. Like they're having like a sister moment, and it looked like they're going to just patch things up. But both of them are still so still caught up in like the politics of everything. Like Danny's worried about the Iron Throne, Sansa's worried about the North, and it's just it's like super frustrating. It's like ladies just. Figure it out. Get this battle over with first. <laughs> right. But that's that's the root of the show. I know. This is this is Game of Thrones. It's it's the fight for the Iron well, Throne. Well, I thought you were all about traditionalists and a song of ice and fire. <laughs> I, I, I'm talking about <laughs> the, the the books itself. Like I know everything that drives the story is is the fight for the Iron Throne yeah. and, and the fight for sovereignty. And I think that last half of the scene gets back to that, right? If Sandy just rolled over and said, yeah, sure, we're, we're good, I mean, there goes half the conflict for the last half of the season. Well, how I think this works out, so I'm kind of I'm kind of jumping on your board here with your Danny is pregnant theory. So what I think will happen is how this will all get, like, worked out and everybody will come on the same side is that they all find out Danny's pregnant and Sansa and Arya just will forget about, like not trusting the Targaryens and whatnot and not ruling the North for themselves because, I mean, John's still family, and if John has a kid, they have to protect that family. So I think that kind of will hopefully bring them all together. Something's going to have to bring her around. My my thought when I was watching that was if one of them die in this coming episode, Mm. nobody will know that that conversation happened. (laughs) Right. And her threatening open rebellion. Yeah, if John dies, she's still got the claim, right? Yeah. So might as well kill him. (laughs) <laughs> she's Whoa. she's pretty craving. That's dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> those are fighting Plus, words. he could come back. Yeah, he's done that before. He, he won't. And we don't. That's another topic, though. We don't have Melisandre, but she'll be back. Yeah, she, so okay, that, I do have that in my notes at the end. But let's talk about that right now, because if she needs to die in Westeros, when does she appear? I mean, everybody's gonna die in episode three, and obviously there might be something going on in episode maybe five. But when does Melisandre make her appearance? It's got to be next week. Her, so, so she's just going to show up at the battle? Her battle isn't with Cersei. Her oh, battle isn't. She doesn't care about the Iron Throne. She cares yeah. about defeating the, the Night King. Since the, Night the beginning, King. she has been about this war. Yeah, mm-hmm. the war of and she brought together yeah. and she brought together ice and fire. So she'll see it through. <clears throat> but I think so. I was thinking. You know, I'm trying to think. How the heck are we going to survive this battle? Like. We, we 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 stand no chance. Everything mm. we've seen and learned against the White Walker, I mean, it's just realistic. There's you no way. You saw that throughout it, the whole episode. It's like, this right. is our last night, guys. Right. But like we kind of talked drink, about, yeah. Should we have yeah. sex? What should we do? <laughs> so, 
just in the vein of people showing up in the middle of a battle, the Tyrells in the Battle of Blackwater. Oh, well, so the, the what veil. If, that's what I mean. Is that something big? Does, is it going to be Melisandre? Is she going to rally? Does Melisandre <laughs> show up with a thousand red priests? She that shows is? up with Rob and Aaron, and they just kick, <laughs> kick it. I mean, the veil is already there, so yeah. Your boy Rob and Aaron might sit this one out. No, but. no, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, I think that when Jorah Mormont goes down and dies, you're gonna see Rob and Aaron pick up Heartsbane. And you're going to have... Twice his It weighs his yeah. <laughs> He's grown up since then. I mean, if you're telling me that the Cersei's baby is... It's all that breast milk. <laughs> Giant milk. Yeah. Okay. So, next scene. Uh, da, da, da. What do I got here? So, oh, probably one of the most emotional scenes of the night, Sansa and Theon. Yeah. So, Theon comes back, and he wants to fight for Sansa and the North if they will have him, and Sansa breaks down in tears. And I'm not too emotional, but I felt like Sansa's, uh, man, the the Ice Queen yeah. it disappeared there for a second. But I think that that scene was also really like monumental because Danny just got over hearing Sansa's take on like, what about the North? What about? Then she gets to see how like mm. strong of a bond the North has when Theon and that hug and they cry and Dan, you know, this whole family like thing is going on. Well, Incredible. Danny doesn't know yet, but yeah, I just really felt like now Theon's gonna die. Like it, it, we knew that, but now probably you know, the first, and it'll be defending. Bran. Bran, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I I love that scene because I've always kind of defended Theon because I always I always felt like he was just put in a possible situation to come out ahead of and just finally to see his story arc just come back around and give him a little bit of redemption. Yeah, man, yeah. I, he was such an easy guy to hate, but he's uh, seeming pretty likable right now. Exactly, yeah. Well, and then they had that scene where we could, see, we could see them <laughs> yeah, eating exactly. together. And it was almost like, gosh, they're kind of, is it, is it sibling? Oh, that yeah. really yeah. seemed like love there, though. Yeah, that, yeah, that seemed more than just like a sibling yeah. bond. Like, Come that was, on. We he know doesn't have the tools, together, but still. She's already lost two brothers. She what? sees him as a brother. Not to mention, if there's one person in the world that can understand what yeah. Sansa went through with Ramsay, it's Theon. Yeah. It's Theon. That's yeah. true. Why that, he's a witness. That's a that's a bond they have yeah. that nobody else in the show. We has know they together. can't. We know they can't hook up. Well, well you, either hey, Grey Worm or Sansa. <laughs> there, there are ways. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that was an exciting scene, and then talk about emotions. We go to the next scene, and we see Davos out on the soup line, oh. feeding everyone, and people come up, and they're like, "I'm not a soldier." He said, "You are today." Neither was I, and then he gets to see Shireen, uh, or or a remnant of somebody from his past, a poor young little girl who wants to get out there and fight, and he is just shooken and and startled, and he, he Gilly comes to the rescue to to talk reason to this girl to say I would I need your help in the crypts. That was yeah. emotional. Th this was really poetic for me because. This is the first time that I thought Davos is going to die. Mm -hmm. Because over and over in this episode, he keeps saying how he survived this and he survived that, and though he hasn't been a fighter. And then he has this moment where he sees Shireen, and this is like the ghost of his past, that he wasn't there for Shireen when she got burnt, and nobody ever got to ask her what she wanted and that they made her do this as a sacrifice. And then he asks this little girl, and he's like, well, where do you want to be? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I died. That was a sad thing. Yeah, and she even had, like, burn marks on the side of her yes. face and stuff. It was just, yeah. So just yeah. listening to this again, Marlo, is your heart still cold on this episode? You just want a death? Or was <laughs> How this, can you be so hard? That was some pretty good, like, character development there and all these it, stories. It's pure fan service. Come on. It, hey, and we're fans. Absolutely. I understand. <laughs> I understand. But Such a hater. It's not a bad thing. I'm just saying, like, it, it, did it really progress the entire song of Fire and Ice? Well, it felt, it felt yeah. pretty good to me. It's a sad yeah sad song. <laughs> Just a sad note. Sad, <laughs> a sad, sad note towards song. the end of the song. Jenny's song was a sad song. Oh, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> All right, next next up we have what are you what are you drinking on over there that's making you choke by Cat. the way? Well, she got me she started talking about Jenny's song and I, yes. I was like, we gotta <laughs> wait for that. So <laughs> you got emotion. That's, that, that's a book spark. Yeah. Softy over there. Alright, so the next scene we, we hear some commotion and that means that Beric, Tormund, and the Night's Watch have arrived at Winterfell. So that answered that question. We knew if they, well, you guys told me you saw it in the previews, but they showed up and uh, 
one of the first things we hear from Tormund, the big woman still here? <laughs> I also loved how he called John his little, little crow. crow yeah. My little crow. <laughs> him and, him <laughs> That's like the it. cutest little pet name for two fully grown barbaric men that cut people down however they can. If we were if we were creating a top five of funniest characters on the show, I mean, we would have Tyrion in there, probably. Yeah. But we would 100% have to have Tormund in there, Tormund right? In there, it's yeah. been amazing the and whole I, series. He killed it this episode. The, the best part is he doesn't even realize he's funny. No. Like he says these things in complete earnest, and oh. everybody's like, when he just he's chugging the beer out of that bullhorn, <laughs> and it's just tumbling down his chest. And everybody in the room is like looking at each other like, what the heck is going on? Is he serious right now? That's great. That's why we love Tormund. Oh, oh it's such a good scene. He was so amazing. So so they do a little hug in, and they talk about Ned Umber and what they saw, and uh, they give a little bit of clue that uh, they're on their way, and you only got until morning or well until this last of sunlight essentially we're going to have we're going to have a battle here tonight and that kind of sets everything in motion for how everybody's night goes because people uh you know like Brienne when you're when you're laser focused you decide no wine because this could happen at any second mm-hmm. and uh you know pods like Bring on the wine, and Tyrion's like, "Here you go, it's overflowing." Tyrion was popped like the whole episode. Oh <laughs> my gosh! So that scene though of those guys hanging out, getting drunk was, uh, I don't know, that had a lot of fan service payoff right there. That Chris was probably wonderful. It, that to me, the whole thing, and I, 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 I give credit to any other podcast that has said the same thing already, but. The people who are the main, who aren't the main characters are the most interesting characters. I mean, what would have happened if we'd have watched John and Danny sit around a fire? It'd have been boring as all heck, unless there was, I guess, nudity. But those guys hanging out with each other, I could have watched an hour of that. It reminded me of the scene in Marine when um, when Tyrion is sitting around with Grey Worm and Missandei, yeah. and he's like. What did he say? He's like, you guys drink? You guys have jokes? Like, yep. Just trying to play drinking <laughs> yeah, games with like, them and stuff. Like, let's tell a joke. Let's tell a story. Well, so after the break, we have a little bit more episode to get into, but then we're going to talk about predictions because there's a lot of people who are going to die. We're going to predict who that is. We're going to predict about who's going to sit on the throne, and we're going to talk about some of the other weird conspiracy theories that are out there. It's coming up after the break. So we are back, and we were talking a lot about what happened in Episode 2 of Game of Thrones Season 8. Of course, we get to see everybody sit around and talk about strategy. It was kind of almost laughable about how he put these little tiles out on the uh, on the game board, and then he saw like a million of them. For the the, walker, yeah. Like, geez. The I did like how the Can blue Can I get tiles... like a thousand more of these, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the blue tiles reflected the, the opening sequence of the show, though. It, it was like, very cool. The same. So uh, we got a lot of payoff in that first part of the episode. And then I think what was probably the biggest payoff for Mr. Kramer is all of a sudden Ghost is just in a scene. <sighs> the dire wolf is back and there's, well, there's no reuniting. There was no fan service to that. So that's what that could feel like, Mr. Marlowe, where something just shows up. Yeah, I'm pissed about that. And there was no payoff. Well, like, Josh will get his closure next week when Ghost dies on the battlefield. <laughs> so so tell mean, me what you felt when you saw Ghost. Did you stand up? Did um, you scream? Well, I was mid-conversation with my buddy Tanner <laughs> about something, and then I just cut the conversation and just stood up and started fist-pumping when I saw Ghost. But it was such a lame scene. Like, they just they obviously just, like, CGI'd him in at the last second, and, like, nobody acknowledged him Didn't or even do looked anything. at it. Yeah, he just stood there. Yeah. My, like, my initial thought is I'm going to have to listen to Kramer talk about Home League. He only got, like, <laughs> two seconds of screen time. Uh, so yeah, then fell short. after John gives these orders and Bran says that, you know, uh, the Night King's going to come for him and Theon's going to guard him, you know, we're going to go through some of this a little bit quickly, but we get to see <laughs> we get to see uh, Samwell show a little bit of of uh, courage, and he says that he's not going into the crypts. He's going to stay up there, and he's going to fight. And we hear Samwell, the slayer of White Walkers, lover of ladies. Um, we also get a little conversation between Tyrion and Jamie, where uh, Tyrion was talking about simpler times when he was a drunken whoremonger. 
and life was simple. And Jamie says, I was sleeping with my sister. You know, things were, <laughs> things were pretty easy that, back life then. Life wasn't that simple. <laughs> um, but then we get to that fun little group, which was probably the most, I don't know, to me the best, which was the guy sitting around the fire. We had Tormund, we had Brienne, we had Jamie, Davos, Podrick, and Tyrion. And those guys just sat around getting drunk. And uh, we started to talk. Uh, well, we got to see uh, some heavy flirting from Tormund <laughs> against Lady Brienne, who was not into it again, right? She's consistent. Yeah. And he's consistently not going to give up on that. Hey, you got to shoot your shot, right? So, so then what happens is he says uh, that they push back on this. Uh, Tormund pushes back on the idea that she can't be a knight. Mm-hmm. And then Jamie stands up and knights her. And that was emotional moment number two of this episode what were your thoughts I, I did I shed a tear like I haven't shed a tear in many scenes in this whole series and that was one that kind of was a tearjerker for me except that smile at and the, the f- end and the was... fact that it was Jamie doing it I think was kind yeah, of that was big for Brienne because I mean, obviously she loves him whether he reciprocates those feelings or not well in love love as you said doesn't necessarily need to be romantic right. there's a there's a respect between those Platonic. two that is incredible sibling love however yeah. you want to take that yeah mm-hmm. that's right uh, but highly emotional. So she is now Sir Brienne. What's the over and under on number of episodes until Brienne knights Podrick? <laughs> I wanted it to happen right there. I was like, Pod deserves it, especially when he was... Because a knight can knight a knight. So, I mean, yeah. you got to think that's down the road. Maybe when she's dying in the next episode, she can she... quick knight uh, there Podrick. were a couple of flashes to Podrick and then back to Brienne. They're looking at each other. Because and... my prediction is she is for sure dying. Yeah, I don't she, have high hopes she for, got the for the next peak. episode. She got knighted. Mm-hmm. And it would be the worst thing for everybody watching at home because they love her. They respect her. She's unflappable. She's serious. She's going to die, unfortunately. Mm, I think so, too. Is that, the, I agree. is that the last piece of Jamie's redemption? He sees her die, and then he's just... Without a doubt, the most honorable knight out there. Then, like he takes her spot as yeah, because she's already said like I've got the left flank. This is good land. He said I would love to serve under you. Well, he's gonna have to step up and take or over she's command. gonna do something really like loyal, like mm. great on the battlefield, and then they're both gonna go into that book of white pages because he knighted her. Then he finally gets something good. Yeah, right. Yeah. See, that's that's where I think maybe Brienne lives and then that's Jamie's insert. Yeah. yeah. Jamie knighted the first woman knight. But that's she went it. on to like do all these great things. The first knight of the King's Guard or whatever. He needs yeah. redemption after being Kingslayer though. But mm. anyway. <laughs> I don't blame him for being the Kingslayer though. I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't nobody think a lot does, of people but do. nobody knows the story. Only we do because of the hot tub scene. <laughs> so the scene. most talked about scene maybe of the night is Tormund again. So Tormund <laughs> yeah. Tormund is saying so that awesome. to Jamie, uh, you know, he says uh what do they call you, King Killer? And he's like, oh, I guess somebody I'm sure does. Someone does. <laughs> and he goes, Well, I'm Giant Spain. You know why I'm called Giant Spain? He says, When I was 10, I killed a giant, and then I took his wife. And when she woke up and found me, she stuck me to her breast and, and nuzzled me for three months. And I, uh, this is why I'm so strong and powerful. Giant's milk. I mean, what a flex! Like, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. And, that's, that's our theme of tonight is the flexing. Right. <laughs> I mean, how many of you just lost it laughing? Oh, that? Yeah, I was dying. It was great. I was in. And then he starts bed with the laptop morning. and and earpods in, and I just I was crazy man laughing there. Yeah, but I think I think Brienne and Torment are both kind of screwed for the next episode because Torment's. Tormund has had a lot of luck, but it's yes. got to run out here. They've teased soon. us him dying, I think, four or five times yeah. in the last few seasons. So I can't remember which one of you said it, but we need got to have some representation of the wildlings. I yeah. said that, yeah. and I've and I've always thought I like that. I like that idea. I think it's going to be more inclusive society. And I I want Chris that to happen. Probably not. He's a loose <laughs> cannon too. You got to keep that around. <laughs> um, okay, so then we get to see Beric. We get to see the Hound and Arya have their little scene together. Um, not much to say there except that the Hound and Arya still have some unfinished business and she decides like if this is how I'm gonna die if this is my last night I'd, I don't want to spend it with you two miserable people uh, also I think it was interesting though when the Hound says <clears throat> excuse me to Beric that if you're gonna give me a sermon like could you please get the heck out of here but <laughs> I loved his one-liners there yeah well he's he's loaded with one-liners but I think that 
there's st- uh, what's going to happen. Barrick's going to save the hound's life. Yep, absolutely. And Barrick's dead. Right. Right. And Thoros isn't here. Yeah. Yeah. Barrick is for sure dead. Yeah. He's going to save the hound. They've had a lot of. Uh, he sees something in him. Yeah. I mean, the hound obviously is going to survive the battle because I mean we still got to have quick aim bull. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And the hound has always been the one that threw out. Why are you still around? Like, why have you mm. got to live? Like, why did Thoros get to bring you back so many times? Yeah, why are and you he's so gonna special? Save him, yeah. And he's going to die actually doing it. Oh. And the hound's going to be like. Like yeah. wow, that's, that's what happened. That's why he's special yeah. savior. Does he does he save the hound or does he bring the hound back to well, life? He, there's a there's a scene. Well, the, he did in the books. There's a scene where where the hound looks just like disillusioned, like he has no idea where he is, and you see somebody like running towards him, which is probably Barrett coming to save him to get him out of harm's way, because you know he gets a little bit tunnel vision when he sees flames, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, it was Thoros that pushed him out of the way. Were you talking about the polar bear? No, scene? I'm talking about an upcoming oh, episode in, in okay. the in teaser trailer. Teasers. Yeah, okay. Um so then we get to see Arya as an archer. It's been a little while since we've seen her on archery, but that's also another person that could potentially bring down Viserya and the dragon. Flexing again. She's mm-hmm. really good. <laughs> yeah. And immediately who's watching her? Gandry. He he's he's uh, got her weapon. It's like Callback to an earlier season too, yeah. which as a traditionalist I appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then we got to see Mormont v- versus Mormont. Mm. We got to My see, girl. we got to see that Jora and and uh, Liana confrontation, and essentially, of course, she wins. She gets to do what she wants. Like she's she going to be in battle, and she wishes her cousin well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she's she's the lady of the house. She calls the shots. That's right. He's sixty years older. That was my favorite scene of the episode, though. And then Pod becomes a he becomes a singer, and he well, sings a song. Well, don't forget that uh, Sam gave uh, Jorah the heart spain, yeah. oh, which yeah. we knew because that was in a trailer. Like you yeah. could see that in one of the trailers. Oh yeah. And we knew what is Sam going to do with a Valyrian steel yeah, sword? Yeah. But so about Pod's gift. You mean of the song. original White Walker killer? Yes, yeah, Samuel Tarly. the Slayer. Conquer them all for all we know. <laughs> So, Pod's gifts. Remember those gifts from previous seasons with ladies in the brothels? How he oh. all of a sudden had this like crazy gift of with pleasing the women. <laughs> and, that, <laughs> and now he surprised us and has this amazing gift of song. Yeah, Pod's okay. a total package. That's right? it. The, the Song of Ice and Fire is all about Pod at the end. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Pod starts singing a song to all the lovers and included in that, what what did we see? We got to see Arya and, and Gendry. They have their they have sex we get to see theon and sansa have kind of a lover's look you know that had just finished with jamie and brianne doing their thing um sam and gilly sam and gilly with young sam between them yeah mm-hmm. it was it was kind of tidying up all of the thing oh we get oh yeah i already said that theon and sansa but but then immediately cuts to the next set of lovers which is john and danny danny is still puzzled about why john is ignoring her and she finds him, and suddenly the guy grows a pair, and he decides to just lay it all out about one minute before battle. Mm-hmm. I mean, grows a pair, like what, he had like 24 hours to contemplate that the guy he thought was no. his dad was his uncle, and, he, I guess and he's I just, been getting down with his aunt for the last however many It's weeks. a lot to take in. I mean, that's yeah. a lot to take in. I don't blame the I guy for taking a few hours. I think he had it in him to deal with anything emotional, but he did, so I give right. him props. Right. But that also gave me hope that there, neither one of them are going to die during the battles because we can't just leave it like that and then it's done. Right? Dream spring, they're both making it. And I don't like I don't like this team strategy of them going into battle fighting. Like that makes me really uneasy. It's kind of conflict of interest. <laughs> like you know them yeah. not getting along when they go. They're supposed to be on dragons next to each other. Well, but, it was weird too because you know right after he drops that bomb and you can see the look in her eyes of like what this all means it's like the horns start blowing and then they go out and they nod at each other and they're like well i mean what does that mean it means they're both gonna mount their dragons right away right right it's just like couldn't you wait it john why did you have to drop that knowledge right then right before and (laughs) sticking up for my girl like yeah I would respond the same way. So she's going to react like that. And everyone's like, well, how is she going to react? That was the big question. Yeah, we discussed that. She's going to react like that yeah. at first. Like, give her some time to process this. I think She's been sleeping with her nephew. She thought her whole bloodline was dead. Like, come on. She'll be okay with it, especially after yeah, they go through battle. They all almost die. They have this interest, I mean, this emotional moment. Like, she'll get over it. Well, I think that Podrick's song uh, kind of foreshadows what's going to happen. Yes. Because, so... 
the song that Podrick's singing is called Jenny's Song. And basically all you need to know is that it's about uh, Duncan Targaryen, and he was the heir to the Iron Throne under Aegon V, and they both died in the tragedy of Summer Hall that we talked about in previous episodes. But basically he gave up the his claim to the Iron Throne because he loved this girl called Jenny of Oldstones. And I think, like, Podrick just singing that song during that scene just kind of foreshadows, like, somebody, one of those two is going to make a sacrifice for the mm-hmm. other to make it work out and make it be fine. And well, John doesn't care if he rules. Right, exactly. He's, he's a reluctant leader. He only does it because people want him to. Mm-hmm. But it's also the song that was theorized that Rhaegar sang when they used to talk about how he sang well, all the time. Well, people think he's the one who created it because he used to go to the Summer Hall all the time and sing it. So that, that Rhaegar is, wrote that song. Yeah. That in itself is huge. And then another interesting point to come from that is, so Jenny of Oldstones, her best friend who came to court with her a bunch was this woods witch. And this woods witch is the same one that uh, prophesied the prince that was promised would come from the line of uh, Ares and uh, his wife, Ray. Essentially what it comes down to is... Raina. Raina, Without Duncan getting rid of the throne and going with Jenny, who was a commoner, not only does the Mad King Aries never come to power, John and Denny never mm, exist. Right. So there's just, I think, it's a lot of foreshadowing. That got me there. really pumped up, yeah. especially, yeah. For sure. Something that you book people would understand more. I mean, I've I've read them. I've read the book once. I'm not a scholar. I'm definitely much more into the show, but that's why we have you guys here, yeah, because here. a lot more details. So... um I think we've kind of walked through the timeline because, of course, the next scene is John and Danny are apparently mounting their dragons, and we get to see what we predicted, which was the the horse hoof uh, looking onto Winterfell. So I think that brings us to the next idea, which is I got a call from my brother-in-law today. You guys have probably heard similar comments online. Is there a chance the Night King is not in Winterfell and he's actually on his way? Two King's Landing and the armies are split. We're all geared up for this. this. Is the battle? This is where it all happens. We're laying it all out on the line. Maybe not. Yeah, we haven't seen the Night King in any of the trailers or any just now at the end of that scene. Yeah. We, they showed us the lineup of all of the White Walkers, but we did see Viserion, I believe, blowing fire, blowing his ice fire in well, that trailer. Then, yeah. Real quick, I had to back it up, but real uh, quick, he's there. Yeah. Well, I didn't. I we couldn't, couldn't t- tell if it was at Winterfell or not. Oh, yeah, you can't see that, but you could. It's him blowing the f- ice fire. Right. Could be blowing the the lid off of King's Landing, kind of yep. like Danny's vision when she comes in and sees yes. what King's Landing you looks know, like. Wow, right. yeah. I bet you're right there. But what's come... his? But why? What's his intention? Why would he go there? Now that Brand's told us that his idea to go to uh, is because to get Brand and the visions and the history and the memories. Why would he go? He doesn't have to do that right away. He can kill Brand in five months. His total goal is to have an eternal light and wipe out mankind. I yeah. think one thing I've learned about how to grow your business is you need to delegate. You need <laughs> to trust people, and so sometimes you need to say, you know what. You guys can easily take these Starks of Winterfell. I got to go deal with these 20,000, uh, you know, mercenaries down in King's Landing. Plus, the nice thing you is... You guys handle this. Even if they can't, he can just show up and bring them back to life anyway. Right? <laughs> well, right. that's the thing is, like, if if the Night King is in this Winterfell battle, it's like, how many times is he just going to keep raising his hands like, okay, we just killed 5,000 more. They're yeah. all on my team now. Right. Not, not <laughs> like you have time to burn the bodies in the middle of the <laughs> exactly. battle. But like there the, is some said connection to the white or to the Night King and the Light of the Seven or, you know, the the religious and that it, where else but the, go to the capital to blow it all up. Yeah. Which Cersei's Cersei already before. did that. Yeah, but Maybe why Mel- not do it a little bit more? <laughs> Maybe that's where Melisandre is. She's in Essos, or so she said she was. Yeah, but I mean, if she's got to come back to die in Westeros, and she's all about the Night King, yeah. maybe when, she's not. When did she say she was Melisandre, in Essos? Where she, she was going when she left. Yeah. Oh, really? She got banished, right? Yeah. Well, we, she, we, we don't know the why. Spider, she's back. The spider just, highly recommended that she leave the continent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's like, John, oh, I am. But, John but I'm coming said, back. Uh, yeah. So I the Night King's better never see you here, right? Yeah. So the Night King's definitely going to ride there on the dragon because he couldn't get there any other time. Mm-hmm. But my other thing is, is I think that that totally makes sense. I really didn't think about it until Jason Pascoe said that today on social media because of the battle theories and the battle like tactics that they've showed us in the show. And I've always said they're going to come back to it. But uh, today or last night that Jamie 
had said about what Rob did at what battle was that? Springwood. Yeah, and then also that's what happened at Casterly Rock. That's why Jamie did that battle tactic yeah, because yeah. that's he went to the place that was least expected. So that could come full circle in the Night King going the opposite so end of the. It's realm. what the whole show is. If I mean, Euron, Euron is off to to what? He he's oh I'm leaving. No, he goes off to get a. If this army. is true, I'm gonna be so pissed at Bran. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude can see everything. No, like, he can't. He can't. He can see the past and the present. He knows the Night King, right? Like. Brand, just keep an eye on the Night King for us. Find <laughs> right. out what he's doing here. Dude. Why do we need Tormund and those guys yeah, to show up? Be like, oh, they're coming this way. You have one job. If he it's keeps like, an eye on him, isn't he also him. seen? You know, he Brand's Mars. He yeah. already knows yeah. where he's at. Yeah. Right, right, right. Exactly. I just noticed your shirt, Marlo. Yeah, it says I drink and I know things. <laughs> uh, Tyrion. Shout out to my boy Tyrion. <laughs> With the Lannister logo. Okay, so there's four of us here. How many of us think the Night King is in uh, Winterfell? And how many of us think he's on his way to King's Landing? I don't think he's in Winterfell. I'm, After our conversation here, I don't think he's there. There was a lot of flexing this episode, and he didn't flex. <laughs> nope. So, I don't know. I think he's. I think he'll still be there. Okay, so, some so Kramer's the only one who thinks he's in Winterfell. The rest of us think that there's a battle to be had, two battles at once, perhaps, or or setting up for the next battle. You know, they are two 80-minute episodes in a row, right? So right. I don't know. Uh, but that's an interesting idea. I think we should then talk about who is 100% going to die in this next episode. So I think we're all in agreement that Grey Worm is going to die or Masande. Uh, I think, I'm going to go Grey Worm. but I think both of them, if not one of them. But, I mean, you do make a good point about Grey Worm. You need, but, you need tragedy, so one of them needs to live. Right. But <laughs> for Masande to die, they would have to get to the crypts because she'll be in the hold fast. Oh, sure. With all of the rest yeah, of them. Right. And it, and if they get to the hold fast, they get to Sansa, Varys. they get to Varys, they get to all Gilly. of our... Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you got to think about if you're going to back up that Shireen. theory. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to be holding the fort. <laughs> the other thing I'm interested in about not only who is going to die, is like, I want to see how many one-on-one -on -one White Walker battles can we get. Oh. And how many were there when we saw them? Enough that, like, yeah. Arya, the Hound... Jora. I, I mean, all these people them, can have a couple of a sweet one-on-one -on -one fights with some White Walkers. Right. Yeah, I tried counting them one time in my head because there's that whole theory about there being the 12 commanders or whatever. And uh, I don't know how many were there last night, but it, I mean, you it couldn't like really see It seemed like more than me, than I expected. We'll but Crestor was said to have 99 sons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, you know. That's the case, we're screwed. Gilly's kind of <laughs> holding one of those sons. Yeah. Get that kid out there, Gilly. Sacrifice. <laughs> Young Sam. Okay, so so we talked about Grey Worm and Masande. Um, most of us, I think, seem to think Brienne is going to die. Yes, in some capacity, saving Jamie or another. Yeah. Like, I mean, one of those two is going to die in the service of each other, right? Yeah. I feel, yeah, one of the two. I'm not sure which one. I mean, yeah. Jamie, I think Jamie's not done yet. He has more story to yeah. give. I mean, but. So that's what we thought about Rob Stark and Ned Stark and Drogo. <laughs> I mean, abrupt, yeah. unexpected deaths that you expect more you of a character. Kill. Is. But I feel like Ned they'll give Stark. us but one Jamie of those. Is, Jamie could be an expected death, though. That's It's different from Rob and Ned. Well, Ned was in prison. We were up in the air about him being killed or the Night Watch for two. I, I'm just saying, yeah. there's going to be a, a death that you're like, oh, my God, I did not see that There's coming. no way they could kill Tyrion or Jamie at this point. So somebody might. A, yeah, but now they just give us unexpected sex scenes like Cersei at the end, Euron, and then Arya and Gendry, you know? So actually, Josh and I were talking about that a little bit before that. <laughs> no I mean, longer unexpected death, it's unexpected sex. That and the fact, I mean, instead of these big, oh, my gosh, moments like how can you kill off like such a pivotal character? I think a lot of the earlier seasons were based off the book. Well, now for the last five years, the series has been ahead of the books. Right. And it's more, Josh and I talked about it, feels more like a TV show than it does the actual books that were being written. Yeah. So it, just because it's happened in the past doesn't mean it's going to happen in the future too. Right. 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 And George R. R. Martin is weighing in his idea and his visions. They are trying to incorporate some of them. Trying. Tr but so he's also, listed as like a co-producer. He's also has his own storyline to finish. So, I mean, he obviously he wants the shows to end differently than what his books will be. So, Okay, so Jorah Mormont, does he live or die? I'm going to say die. Yep, dead. 
I don't think so because we haven't seen anything out of him the last two episodes. That's why he's dead. Yeah, what, I what know, else does he have to do? Dude, be grayscale. Yeah. I'm, I'm, he, he lives. He finally yeah. had uh, his meeting with House Mormont. Yeah. He's, he's had no love time with Danny unless they're going to completely wipe what? that off the plate. You think that's still going to happen? That's his internal conflict. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we're, we're, he I has think, been with Khaleesi since the beginning. I think he's even come to terms that it's never going to happen. He's the number. <laughs> yeah, but he's the number he one. He literally just, he told, he, told Tyri, or he told Danny that Tyrion should be your hand and not I me know. when Danny was about ready to throw Tyrion over the Winterfell uh, wall. Yeah, that was Jorah true. makes it. Hands down. You beat Grayscale. Silly. You're golden. And he's he has Heartsbane now. Okay. No, well, someone will pick it up after he dies. <laughs> I was thinking about that. Like, what happens? <laughs> I hope somebody knows what those are worth. <laughs> right. Plus, I mean, if you, just it's one of the coolest scenes earlier when he fights the the Cal Drogo's Blood Rider. Mm-hmm. That was a really cool scene, cool. and it kind of highlights just how big of a a great swordsman. I won't use the <laughs> term Joshua used earlier. That that George is. It's, it's so silly that we don't cuss on this show. It's just like I've I've kind of challenged everybody to be like. Well, let's see how long we can go because we're not flagged by iTunes yet. He's a great so swordsman. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> All right. So other people who are going to die, uh, I, 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 give me some backup here if I'm saying this right or wrong, but Edison Tillett, the the knight commander. Oh, yeah. He's, for sure dead, right? Yeah, he's done. What else he got to give? Plus he's the 999th knight commander or Night's Watch. Not going to make it commander. to a thousand. And they no. never gave us a big story on him. He gone. Yeah, he's yeah, not, he's he was more there for comic relief towards the end. Lady Mormont, is she going to survive or not? She has no training like Arya. Nobody's taking my girl down. She's going She's going to yell that, at him. That would She's be one I'd be the most upset <laughs> about. Yeah, and I, everybody else in the show can die if 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 Lyanna Mormont dies. I'll be like, mm, I'll be crushed. I'm going to have to write a strongly worded letter <laughs> to my senator. <laughs> So we know that Melisandre is going to die, but we don't know where. Is she we know going it's going to be in Westeros. Do we know if it's going to be in Winterfell or King's Landing and predictions? Maybe it'll be delivering yeah. Drogon's babies. Mm. <laughs> if you want to go in on your theory. Let's talk about that. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Brooke gets a little excited. She pulls all the headphones out. <laughs> she backs up in her chair. All right, so, so the idea being that Drogon is pregnant, which is is you know something that I saw on YouTube, and essentially it's that the dragons take on a bit of their, you know, their it's like warging, right? So you get to take on a little bit of the personality of the person that you're intertwined with, and so if John and Danny are in love, and if they're having relations, then therefore relations. Uh, Drogon and uh, what's the other? Uh, Rhaegal. Rhaegal. They're are, vicariously pregnant. <laughs> I mean, that, that was a mating well, dance when they were going through the, the caverns. That, that whole thing about John and Danny riding the dragons, that was just a mating dance, and there's going to be some eggs dropped. Whether or not they're hatched is a different situation, but there will be eggs left for another generation. Thoughts? I definitely think one, one of the dragons could be pregnant, probably Drogon, since it's Danny's dragon. But, like, in the... In the books, uh, it's not like confirmed or anything, but they theorize that dragons can change their sex, like if need be. And so yeah, I've heard they were. Somebody asexual. said they were asexual. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's I think it's definitely a plausible theory that could definitely happen. Hopefully, it does. I mean, like if we're gonna keep this whole thing going, like oh, this thing goes in cycles, then we need to see some eggs somewhere. Right. Last right. scene of the entire series is John and Danny's baby. Laying in a crib, With and they set egg. a dragon egg next to yep. I would die. That's the last thing. <laughs> As and Stark ravens Targaryen. flying north, yeah. and then we see the uh, new Night King. Yeah. Uh, well, And <laughs> who's the new three raven? Be- or, uh, three raven. Uh, thir- three-eyed. three-eyed raven. Be- I think the Night King and the three-eyed raven are the two sides of the same coin. You can't yeah. have one without the other. Night King's dead. Bran's dead. Well, Bran makes a comment about how the three-eyed ravens before him and always mm. making it sound like there's always been other ones before the. Well, there have been. Yeah, right. So if I, so, say the Night King does get mm. rid of Bran, is there not another one? That I was my question. There's always another one. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's it's just like I think it's two sides of the same coin. Night King's gone. Three-eyed raven's gone. Sam kind of writes the history and they, yeah. they start on that thing. I, I don't know, yeah. just what I feel. So, all right, so Sandor Clegane, the hound, he 100% has to live mm-hmm. because he still has to go confront his brother, the mountain, right? Yep. Yeah, he That's can do still going to happen yeah. in King's Landing. So, Sandor Clegane, 
wins in Winterfell. Yep. Yeah. Somehow. Or doesn't lose. I could see him doing something courageous with fire, <laughs> like surprise us all. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, obviously fire is the, his biggest fear, and it's obviously going to be... It's going to be a part of his future, right? Yeah, in my little notes here, I have, like, who survives, question mark. All I have right now is Hound and Sam. So. Hound and Sam. That's it. I like so, it. The last Why do you get Sam surviving? <laughs> so I kinda, well, somebody has to write the history. I kind of look at it like... Well, he's a maester. Like, I kind of look at it like some of these great houses have to, have to survive. And Sam is the last. I mean, well, the, Tarly- Tarly- the Tarleys aren't a great house, but they were under the Tyrells, and the Tyrells are for sure gone. Tyrells, so somebody, awesome. Somebody yeah. has to rule the Reach. Just one of them. I think uh, Masandre and Grey Worm would like that warmer climate. We'll just give them that, <laughs> that territory. Uh, I mean, they're leaving Westeros for good. Yeah, for, so forget after, but they're not going to live. So the last page of my notes, I wrote, "Who will come to the rescue in the great battle?" The Waif. Howland Reed, okay, add that to the list. Howland Reed, Melisandre, Benjen, Davos and the Second Sons, or some weird crazy magic around Winterfell. Ooh. Well, Howland Reed showing up to stab somebody in the back. I mean, he's been there before, but that is not happening. But where is he? But, like, would they really leave us hanging like but, that? I mean, Mira, I can see he's Mira's a six-year-old guy. Yeah. He's going to wake up from his Mira's nap. scarred. When she left Bran, she was scarred. <laughs> she wasn't very happy. Oh, my gosh. Her brother died. She just spent like eight years in the bitter cold of up north of the wall. If I'm married, I'm going to the door and I'm drinking <laughs> wine until the white water yeah, show up. I agree. I think Benjen's done. I think he's gone. Yeah, I think yeah, we got yeah, his Benjen's little bit. Gone. And then Dario and the Second Sons. I mean, Dario. Oh, man. He, I, he, he's guarding Marine, keeping the peace. That's all we know. I, I think... Uh, I like I like to think that Dario somehow made it back, like snuck into the Golden Company, and he's in Westeros now. What? What's just wrong biting. with you guys? I've already given you the answers. It's Robin Aaron, or <laughs> it's Littlefinger. No, Littlefinger's dead. Robin is. <laughs> I, I have seen some conspicuous YouTube. I'm gonna take on both the- of oh, your man. YouTube accounts away. <laughs> Makes for more the sense next week. Dario's I mean, gonna come over from Essos. Robin, Robin, Aaron, Littlefinger. First of all, du- Robin Aaron's du- theory is just outrageous. <laughs> like, well, that is honestly. Outrageous. I hope I will he, admit that. I hope he goes through the the moon door. <laughs> I do. I hate that. Fine. What if he marries Little Mormont? Ooh, uh, I'm shipping that. She deserves somebody better than Robin Aaron. Nah, uh, he's awesome. You should just be like fined <laughs> for even suggesting. Okay, that fine. Liana ends up with Robin Aaron. Fine, but Littlefinger could be a part of this. Okay, no. that, all right. Thanks, guys. I won't put that past uh, you. <laughs> and uh, Varys is got nothing to offer anymore. <laughs> What's going on he with hasn't Paris? spoke since the opening scene, pretty much. You get like, to watch the dragons flying over, and that's about it. All last episode, he's just standing in the background, like yeah. nodding his head, like. Yeah, yeah. And and we get see that teaser of him looking terrified in the crypts. Right. Yeah. Paris is more of a, a peacetime keeper, right? You know, he, he uses the kids of mm. the, the spies the and the spy network. When he the serves when, the realm, he mm. does. And when the when the blood starts pouring out a little bit, Varys loses his his value. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's. Hmm, how are we gonna do this? I think we should have a little wager about who dies first. That is considered a a named character, obviously, right? I mean, we know there's gonna be a lot of people we don't know that Unsully die. Unsullied, dying left and right. Yeah, sure. yeah. So let's talk about the first person that we could recognize a name of. Who's gonna die in episode three? Well, who's on the front line? Well, Grey, Grey Worm. Yeah. Grey Worm, yeah. I don't think it'd be Theon because Theon's guarding Bran that's and the Night King is, they're, they're not going to get This might not even be him. there. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Theon's going to go though. There's definitely going to be some sort of confrontation in the Godswood though because they show Theon with the fire arrow hanging out what looks like to be the Godswood. If so. they can even get into Winterfell. I'm going to say, uh, what's his name? The uh, Edison Tollet, the uh, Night Night's oh, Watch commander. Night's Watch guy, yeah. See ya. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah. I'll probably go him or Jorah first off. No, oh, both those guys are making it a while. They've, they've fought a little bit. Yeah. But Especially they're... Edison. He's he's fought the White Walkers. Yeah, but he's what, fought the dead. Who cares if probably he's alive? Probably Tormund. <laughs> Tormund and his audacity to just charge yeah. and not give a crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, and uh, hey, and who who would be uh, fun to be raised by the other side? Oh, help Tormund, us all. <laughs> right? They would like him on their side. Yeah, you think there'll true. be any spiders? <laughs> any giant spiders? Oh, no, I don't think so. 
too too much uh, CGI budget. Yeah, apparently we can't afford dire wolves. So yeah. or, or, or elephants. Or I'm going with ghost. First yeah. name character <laughs> dead. Oh, the elephants. No, going with ghost. Bye, ghost. Uh, you're probably right. Going with ghost. Wouldn't have thought about it until you just brought up CGI budget, but ghost, ghost you goes can't down. fight the whole battle. It's too expensive. Ghost goes down, early. and then Namira and her army of wolves comes and save the day. Right. Oh, Josh. I didn't add that to my list who comes save the day. Josh, we've had this conversation <laughs> for months and months yeah, and months. Namira is not coming Let back. Let have it, please. It's not going to hey, happen. She's done. If she does, you have to come back to the podcast and do the walk of shame. Yes. If you're wrong, <laughs> if you're wrong, <laughs> you have to do <laughs> and, and, Anything. And Kramer gets to stand you can, behind you saying, shame. Yeah, he can ring the bell. You both can throw things That's all I'm holding on Preferably to. Preferably not feces, now. <laughs> Okay, so season eight, episode three, comes to us Sunday at 8 o'clock, or if you watch an HBO Go like I do, about 7.58. And um, we're going to get 80 minutes out of this next episode. It's going to be all battle, apparently. I mean, at some point, we got to... It can't be all battle, right? They can't afford it. So what, 20 minutes of battle that starts immediately? Who said they can't afford it? I don't know. I heard the (laughs) battle scene lasts longer than the Lord of the Rings Twin Towers, the Battle of the Helm's Deep. And just going back to 12-year-old Chris's mind, I swear that battle lasted like 77 minutes. Longest cinematic battle. I'm expecting 78 minutes of battle. How long is it going to be them holding Winterfell? Oh, before the lights come across? Halfway through the episode, probably. It's not going to take long. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of extended scenes, like in the crypts and in the I told you about Theon's statement about Ned Stark saying that 500 men could hold Mm. Winterfell against, what do you say, like 1,000, 10,000, something? So how long do you think the people in the field just get slaughtered by the dead and the White Walkers while Danny and Jon sit on their dragons waiting for the Night King to show up? <laughs> and he doesn't. And he's not there. And then they finally go out and save the day, but yeah. half the force is gone. What do well, they do when they realize he's not there? How maybe long they'll do they go wait? hang out by that waterfall again. That's what I would I mean, do. Nobody would know. Although I'm a more warm weather guy, I'd fly it down the door. Yeah. Gonna, they're going to go on an episode of Maury quick and work out their relationship and family situations. Well, so we have 80 minutes. We're going to predict then that it's more than 20 minutes of battle. It's it's 40 to 50 minutes of battle. At least. And then we have some remnants. We have some, some things to figure out. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we're going to be dealing with, so I think I want you all just take in this moment real quickly because I think we're all pretty glib and happy about this whole situation because our show's back. We got a lot of fan service. There was singing. There was sex. It was a pretty good episode. I don't feel like we're going to feel like this next week <laughs> we're gonna be, feel like we're gonna be like with a knot in our stomach we're gonna have a lot of beef next week we're gonna come in with four glasses of wine <laughs> <laughs> so i want you to all just relish this moment because we have a little bit of time to like enjoy this happiness we're all we all love each other at this point we had closure this was an episode of closure which i think is actually gonna dull the pain next week right you have all your closure which i'm not a fan of yeah when my when rob died when ned died it was Shock! It was anger. You were mad at yeah. people. Next week, you're all going to be like, oh, well, at least they had their at story. At least she became a knight. At least they had her story <laughs> wrapped up nicely, and you'll just be sitting here. You won't be upset about it. Yeah. I want that anger. I want that shock. Well, well Chris Marlowe, it's been a pleasure having you as our guest host. Um, I hope you watch next week. I think it's going to be worth your time. You're going to get the payoff you want, which is death, destruction, and uh, and no fan service. Just well, that's d- what I'm looking for. <laughs> Don't forget to come back for your walk of shame. Yep. Yeah. When, when Namira shows up, <laughs> yeah. I won't hold my breath. And uh, Brooke, Josh, thank you guys for, for playing along again today. We're going to be back next week, and uh, we'll have a much longer episode and much much to talk about. So thanks for listening to Three Ravens. If you haven't shared this with your friends, family, people who watch The Thrones, make sure you do. We're on all the podcast platforms or just search Three Ravens. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys.